Welcome to Box to Box Football. Welcome to Box to Box Football. We're calling this the, what are we calling this? The festive fixture recap here? Yeah, that sounds about right. Tom, what are you eating? Me? Yeah. Nothing right now. I, I, no? I, I, what I was happened? I choking on something right there. <laughs> okay. Um, I was, you know, just trying to uh, eat something before the uh, show started. I just got home from work, and I, I was uh, just about choking on something right there. And, but, uh, <laughs> we're good now. So, uh, thankfully, I, I made it through. Uh, we are ready. First, we're going to recap all these games. I mean, there's been so many of them here. We got Mike. We got JJ. We got Stu. No Kyle tonight. He's on basketball duty. So, uh how many games did you guys watch over the break? Of Wait the 29, I think probably at least 19. Yeah, let's go 19. That sounds about I right. I don't know if I could put a firm number on it, but certainly enough to put my engagement in danger. <laughs> <laughs> I drove up to Kalahari uh, over the weekend and, and, and made sure we were there in record time so I could watch <laughs> the, uh, the Manchester United not even forcing him. Probably should have just taken my time, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, gonna, gonna saw some trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, uh, yeah, no, the, I think the thing about the festive fixtures is it's a cool period. I mean, there's games basically every day for for basically all of December, and um, you know they they ended on Tuesday with uh, probably the worst game of them all. So uh, didn't didn't miss much apparently in that game. So, um, but uh, I, I I don't know kind of what your thoughts are after this, and any anybody have any kind of opening thoughts here? My favorite thing about the festive period is you can't lie about your warts anymore. You can hide them through certain max match fixtures and certain structures, but if you have problems with depth, they're going to come out during the festive fixtures. If you have problems scoring goals, it's going to show itself during the festive fixtures. And JJ and Stu, I think the number one thing we saw during this festive period is the fact that, JJ, this league has a lot of warts. It not only has a lot of warts, Mike, but traditionally what I also love about this period is that the fact that for some teams that are looking for a boost for their profile, you can get it. And for some teams it can come at the worst time. And we're going to kind of get into that stew a little bit here is it was funny. Had a little free time today. So I put together a nice little table of just the results from all three uh, match days, 18, 19, and 20, as we are now finally past the halfway mark of the season. Felt like it took a long time to get there, but we got there in the end wolves, nine points from nine, but stew right behind them. Your Liverpool top of the table after a 1-1 against Arsenal, you're comfortable against Burnley, and then absolutely blew the doors off Newcastle. Yeah, they have really had a strong play since the draw against United. I know they draw against Arsenal at home, which I think Arsenal's probably more happy about that since it was in Anfield, but they blew the door off of uh, West Ham in the Carabao Cup, and then, like you said, JJ, Burnley match was 2-0. That could have easily been 4-5-0. And then Newcastle, I mean, they put 7.5 XG on Newcastle yesterday with allowing less than one, so it was total domination. They've looked really good. I guess my concerns, I still have some concerns. Obviously, Salah being gone for the next month is right up there. Their attackers, he's really the only one that can consistently put it in the net. I'm looking at you, Darwin Nunez, who continually misses very easy <laughs> goal attempts. Had another one on uh, on Monday, one of once again, one of one against Dubrovka. 
he's got to step up. They've got to find goals without Salah. That's going to be a key. And obviously, they still have a few injuries that they're, they're you know, with Andy Robertson. So off. they have Joe Gomez playing left back. He's looked good, but I just know at some point that that's not going to be as consistent as Andy Robertson. So they look good. I'm happy they're top of the table, but at the same time, like that they're, they're still flaws. There's still question marks to be had. Uh, there's still maybe a move I would like to see them make, which they probably won't make, but I'd like to see them make. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens during this transfer window and this period without Mo Salah. You guys got to get Shobishlai healthy as well. He's on yeah, post. Yeah, Salah. yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that's a, if they lose him, they're going to be without Sobosly. Endo, who's going to be in the Asian Cup, like even the midfield itself is going to be a little, little dinged up. So that's, that's yeah. probably for sure. Sean, you're speaking to us before the show. We start recording the show about Wolves. They were the best team in this festive period. Nine points from nine, confident wins as well. Especially, I mean, Brentford have been a little bit of a whipping post team lately, but four one, another one of those that could have been seven or eight. They now jump to mid table. This is a team, remember, about six weeks ago that they were that version of a team that were just outside the relegation. Maybe could they have slipped? Well, right now, they're only a handful of points off a potential European place. Yeah, they're three points out of seventh, which is a European place right now. Brighton holds on 31 points. Manchester United on 31 points. Talk about Wolves and Bournemouth. Maybe we can say that, you know, we said, oh, I can't believe Bournemouth got rid of Gary O'Neill. Well, maybe it's worked out for both. You know, uh, it, yeah. the Bournemouth manager, uh, Iriola, has been good. Bournemouth's on 25 points. Wolves, look, I mean, you know, right now they got eight wins, four draws, eight losses, uh, 28 points, minus one goal difference. They're scoring goals. They're three points out once again. They won all three festive fixture matches. I think they have some more depth. I think they've gotten some players back. Gary Nunez got them buzzing. There's no, I, look, I mean, there's no chance they're going to get relegated at this point. Can they make Europe? I don't know. I mean, they're not playing in anything. You know, they're 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 obviously in the FA Cup, but um, they're not in Europe. So you know, they got they're going to have one match a week. So it's possible at this point. I mean, look. They're one point behind the richest team in the world, Newcastle United, right now after 20 matches. Nobody nobody in the world would have said that. There's no chance that Wolves would have been closer to Newcastle than any Luton Town or one of these other teams. I think they've been good, and, and you know, you, you look at what they've been doing you know, with this squad and, uh, you know, you know 3 nothing against Everton. I think that kind of game, you know, Everton had been flying coming into the win the festive fixture periods and they and they've you know they've kind of fallen off a cliff all of a sudden. You you see that game and I think that shows you what Wolves is and 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 just you know quickly about Bournemouth as well. I mean look uh, same thing. I mean they're flying. They have almost the same record. They've been really good of late. I think you know in the last month and a half They've kind of just shown that they're going in the right direction. I, I really like some of their players, Solanke, and you know, I said you know a million times about Billing and and some of their guys. But it also, I think, goes to the fact that what you know Mike was saying. I'm not sure how good the Premier League is. Obviously, probably the best in the world, but I just don't know how good Tottenham or I just don't know how good these teams are. Like I just think some of these teams, like City's, not as good as they have been. Villa, obviously, in second place now. I don't know how long that lasts. Arsenal, I think, is a little bit fraudulent there. Obviously, West Ham, Brighton's a little down. Newcastle's been awful. Chelsea's been awful at times. So, you know, Chelsea did everything they could to give that game away the other day. I think it speaks to how good some of these teams are and some of these, uh, uh, you know, these managers are down the table, but also that the this league 
isn't as good as some of these people are talking about. And I look, the Champions League, two of the teams are knocked out and all this other stuff. So we'll, we'll see. Definitely. I mean, it's also another thing that we're going to keep an eye out of this next couple of weeks. How some of these teams that are making rises up through this festive period, putting themselves in a position, transfers. I mean, Wolves, I'm hearing words that they're going to look to bring in competition for Neto and Cunha to just try and push them a little bit, to give them a bit of depth. A team that I sadly watched today, wasting two hours of my life today being Tuesday, is Brighton nil, West Ham nil. But West Ham actually, if it wasn't for that stinker and the performance that they put in the league, Cup quarterfinals against Liverpool, I'd probably say that they're maybe up there to have been one of the best festive period teams during this time. I mean, we all the media were discussing would David Moyes even survive this season? Would there be enough depth? Would there be the possibility that you know they could crash out of the Europa League and then all of a sudden find themselves in a sticky situation? But they won their group in the Europa League. They're sixth at the moment. I mean, this is very much looking reminiscent of two seasons ago when West Ham were pushing in both the Premier League and the Europa League fronts with basically one of the most skeleton rosters of any in this competition. I was looking earlier today, Mike, this is a West Ham team that have, I think, 16 field players that have played 10 or more matches in the league this season. They need help. And I'm just wondering, it's now multiple times under this West Ham ownership that they're not willing to spend the cash. Whereas Brighton, on the other hand, they've got now a huge roster and apparently they're going to be raiding half of the Argentinian league coming up in January. Yeah, they're going after that. The rumors floating around about Connor Gallagher as well, another player that Brighton is potentially interested in. But this is where I think it's going to be interesting. In the preseason, we talked about that battle between the sporting director they brought in from Leverkusen and David Moyes and how they're going to get transfer business done. The sporting director that they brought in is someone who's going to kind of go out and find those nickel and dime players, but it seemed like David Moyes wasn't very interested in them. So I'm interested to see what they do in this transfer window. We talked about Brighton. I think Brighton's going to be super active with all the money that they have. I'm interested to keep an eye on Nottingham Forest. I thought Nuno did a good job stabilizing when he came in. He did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He had one 3-2 result to Bournemouth, but the other two games that were a lot more tidy defensively. Matt Turner played well in that result that... Nottingham was able to pick up against Man United. Interested to see if maybe they bring in a defender, one of the former Wolves guys like a Craig Dawson, someone like that. Just someone who's familiar with that Nuno system. I think uncharacteristically in England, I actually expect a lot of business to be done in January. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those where if you get business done earlier in this window, you might be set up for better. I talked about that about a month and a half ago on this platform that with this split window coming up after the FA Cup this weekend, if you have that quote unquote buy week next week get your business done then then you have that warm weather training period that a lot of teams seem to do get them acclimated with the group then you're only playing one league match then you play another fa cup match if you were to proceed if you lose in the third round you have another weekend off before then you play a midweek round at the end of the month so teams that are active there i think could be successful you talk about four specifically for a second mike (laughs) they're gonna have their eyes 
very directed on Group A just in general in the AFCON because you have the likes of Serge Aurier, Willie Bolli, Ibrahim Sangare, Ola Aina, all gone between Ivory Coast and Nigeria. You have the likes of Musa Nikate, you have Chekuyate gone with Senegal. Those are a number of regular first 11, first off the bench. I think they're going to be very active. They might, I mean, what is it, 40 some odd players since uh, they've been up to the Premier League that they've brought in. We could be looking at at least another six to eight coming in January. Yeah, and Nuno has them pointed in the right direction, but they're still on only 20 points. Like, they're not safe. I would say... Bournemouth is probably on the line at 25 points right now of teams that I would say are 100% safe. Fulham, probably safe, but they don't score enough goals. They they have some trouble finding goals. And then you look down, there's nobody really in great form. Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest. Brentford has been horrific. If they get Ivan Tony back, that will probably be enough to steady the ship or the money they get from him to go out and buy three players. Everton stinks. Luton plays hard, but they stink. And Burnley and Sheffield are abominations. Like, Uh, all you have to do in terms of looking at how bad that championship league was last year, what is it? The top four. None of them were in the championship last year. Ipswich is in second. They were in League One, and it's the three Premier League teams. Nobody in that championship is any kind of good. This is the worst batch of teams to come up probably in a decade. All three of them are probably going back down. All three of them probably should go back down again even though Luton plays hard, but like Sheffield United, I mean, how badly run were they? What did they give you, Stu? Like 70 million for Ryan Brewster? Like they're still in financial fair play trouble and they got promoted, man. Like how do you spend and do your business that bad? So these teams that are down at the bottom, I think that gap's only going to grow because, you know, you see some of the panic buys, you know, you remember Fulham a couple of years ago when they went out and bought Ryan Babel and Southampton spent like 30, $40 million last year. None of these teams down at the bottom can spend. So I think that gap's only going to grow at the bottom. I think one thing, too, is, I mean, you you, you know, like Palace will find somebody, you know, they'll yeah. bring somebody in. But it, also, Palace hasn't been healthy as they'll be back. So, you know, they'll probably be all right. You know, Fulham's bringing in a player, too. If they can find anybody that can score, they'll be fine. I think, once again, Bournemouth is fine. Wolves are fine. Chelsea's probably fine at this point. Brentford. If they get rid of Tony, they'll buy, so they'll be fine. Everton, they have eight wins. I mean, they haven't been great lately, but they still have eight wins. There's always a thing with Everton that they could get further points punishment, so that could be interesting. But like you said, I mean, you know, Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield, for any of those teams to stay up, like Luton would probably have to win three matches in a row here and pick up nine points or nine points out of 12 to maybe have a shot to stay in Sheffield United. There's, there's no way they're ever going to do that. They're just not good enough. I don't think Burnley will either. Luton's probably the only team that could do it, but yeah, it's just, and once again, it's status quo. I mean, the gap is going to start opening because these teams above them are going to be able to spend. Like Mike said, these guys aren't, you know, if I was Sheffield United, I'm not throwing money into this league at this point, you're going down. I mean, you're not going to, you know, waste it. Just get ready for next year and and try to get bounce back. But, uh, you know, it's the teams at the bottom aren't very good. Yeah. We could 
open a Pandora's box on the parachute payments and how that just basically makes the championship unplayable at times for the teams that were in the championship the previous season and good luck trying to compete against that as Mike already pointed out Stu um anything that you want to touch on before we hit kind of our next block of teams yeah I think it was kind of a missed opportunity for Villa they're still in really good shape they're still second in the table but the way that they've kind of performed the drop into points against Sheffield again they obviously outplayed Sheffield it's not like they played that badly to hit a million shots but again to uh we're talking about Sheffield as being one of the worst teams ever but you draw points against Sheffield that's that's pretty rough even if it is on the road and then obviously the United match another one where just if, if you're serious about competing for the title um, I think they're definitely top 14 but if you're serious about being in that conversation with Manchester City Arsenal Liverpool I mean that's just not it's just not good enough to to have the two nil lead at halftime and then come back and give up three goals in the second half so for me I, I think they kind of missed a bit of an opportunity to kind of continue the good run they were on they're flawed there are a lot of flawed teams we'll talk about all these teams even at the top are flawed but yeah I, I think Villa kind of missed an opportunity to kind of distance themselves and they didn't really have a tough schedule either uh you know, especially the Sheffield and even before the before the festive period, uh, Brentford, they almost dropped points in Brentford. But they, they they needed the red card to in order to uh, avoid doing that. Uh, the performance was drop points worthy uh, against Brentford. But yeah, just not not just not impressed with them the last few weeks. I yeah. know I've kind of been throwing people away from them throughout the year, but I just want to point out Brighton. We talked about them a little bit already and some of the business they do. You talked about, you know, they love going down to Argentina and just saying, you know, all right, we'll take the five best players from this league, come on over, potentially Connor Gallagher. But you look at the run of games they have coming up. JJ, they're one of those buy teams, so they don't have a Premier League match again after today until January 22nd. That's going to be plenty of time to acclimate some of those new players they bring in. Oh, then yeah. you have Wolves, Luton, Crystal Palace, Tottenham, Sheffield United, Everton, Fulham, Nottingham Forest before they get to Man City. There's a chance they could really fatten up some points in that stretch and get back in this top four conversation. It's funny that you bring that up because that was in, I think it was like five or six weeks ago. I literally listed that exact same slate. And yeah. I also, at, at that point, we didn't know that they'd win their group in the Europa League. They don't have to worry about any extra games in February bar FA Cup matches. Yeah. So that that's it. So they can, they have all the time in the world. They pl- they're away to Stoke on Saturday in the FA Cup with the greatest respect to Stoke. Brighton should and they they now, as Sean often said, Brighton doesn't take this competition sometimes as seriously in terms of their, their lineup. They can put their best 11 in there because, again, they're not going to play for the better part of two and a half yeah. weeks. So yeah. they can go ahead and roll out there. <laughs> if the Brighton director of football isn't the master of FM 24, then we're going to have to have some serious <laughs> conversations <laughs> as we um, as we move on to kind of the other segment. All right, this is now the segment of the show I like to call Let's Pour All the Salt into the Wound of Arsenal. Because boy, if we're talking <laughs> about another if we're talking about another team that let things slip. I know the festive period started with an absolute banger of a match. Let's face it, first for second in the league at the time against Liverpool, a spirited one one draw. We're gonna see that match come back up on the weekend in the FA Cup, which every other team in the competition is thanking their lucky stars. It's like the Scottish Cup if Celtic have to play Rangers, by the way. 
Rangers, what are you doing? Play like you actually want to go to Parkhead and get three points. I mean, my goodness, um, Todd Cantwell is an absolute pantomime in that league. That's a story for another day. But Arsenal lost 2-0 to West Ham despite having an XG of, I think, over three-something. And then losing to Fulham, which Kyle can't make his uh, <laughs> a happy lap of victory, but... End all be all, guys. This um, this is a huge miss opportunity right now for Arsenal because again, this is a situation where. Oh, by the way, they play Liverpool actually again in the league on February the fourth. Which Premier League scriptwriters, what are we doing right now? You have to save that for the end of the season, not in February. But I would be kind of concerned, Stu, if I'm a fan of Arsenal. Watching this run of form recently, losing one, two, three of the last five league matches and no spirit in a draw at PSV, even though there wasn't much to play for. You get through Brighton, great, but these are points left on the table. And if they want to be champions, as you said earlier, ooh, they're going to look back on this. They definitely are. I get a lot of goals up front either. Like sometimes Saka, Marnelli, Jesus, like that combination sometimes is is hot and cold. Uh, the midfield, look, I love Declan Rice. They spent a lot of money on him. He's fantastic. But Kai Havertz is hit or miss. Uh, the left back situation, you saw Salah when Liverpool played them, Zinchenko, like he's not, you know, he's not the greatest left back in the world. So there are definitely some holes on this team. I just, I don't know. I just don't look at this team and this team doesn't scream title to me. We ain't winning anything, I'll say. Arsenal. It's tough to argue. I mean, I don't know. I, I just can't see them winning the title right now. I could see City winning the title. I could see Liverpool winning the title. As for Arsenal, though, it's just it just feels like they're going to finish third. And they're just there's just something that's missing. And they have a really good team. They have a good team. It's just it's just something that's a tick off. Arsenal's biggest problem is that they're Arsenal. There's nothing wrong with this team if you look at it on paper. They're well built. We can have conversations about Arteta, and I think they're probably going to start soon enough if they haven't already uh sometimes a team will take on the temperament of its manager and i don't know that arteta carries himself with the most uh calm in those circumstances and sometimes his team plays like that i can't figure it out i mean like sean's right here sean has nothing really to his argument other than god it's arsenal but he's right like Come on, it's Arsenal. The leopard can't change his spots, all this stuff. Yeah. So that's the thing. Arteta, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, I think sometimes they have too much, like, they always want to blame somebody for, like, a like Klopp has a little bit of that, but not as bad as Arteta. Like, they, it's, it's always, like, it's never their fault when they lose. It's, like, the referees or the, the rain or the pitch, like, I, I just I just want to hear like sometimes look man we got outplayed well like they never say that stuff I just don't think I, I just I don't I don't know I mean the, the Arsenal mentality they haven't they haven't won a league title in twenty years I mean they've won some FA Cups you know which is you know they've won a lot of them but you know they, they haven't won a league title in, in a long time and and there's a reason I mean you know they they've had talented teams. And, uh, you know, talented players, and they just can't get over the line. I mean, usually it happens in February and March, coinciding with the Champions League return because of the squad isn't, isn't doesn't have enough depth. And, and this year, maybe it'll be a little bit. Right? It started last year. It was late April. This year, it's maybe started a little bit earlier. But look, I mean, if you look at the list of 
the the teams at, at in the top. I'll say top five now because I'll include Tottenham. I, I just, I mean, there's no way I would look at that and say, I mean, City's got a much better chance than than Arsenal does at this point. I don't think City's played well because you know at some point City's going to win ten games in a row and just you know they're going to go on a run and they're just going to be unbeatable. You know, I, I would think I, I think Aston Villa is a better team than Arsenal at this point, and obviously Liverpool. They only have one loss in the league, so. To me, Arsenal's probably the fourth best, and, and they might be fighting with Tottenham for that, that Champions League spot. Can I pose a question to you guys? Just get a quick response about Absolutely Arsenal. Not. Champions League or Premier League, what, if I was Arsenal, I'd be prioritizing right now? I'll start first and say win Champions League. Stu? I'm Champions League or, as well. Champions yeah. League. They've never won it. I mean, you got to prioritize that. I mean, to me... And a knockout, you, you got a better chance to win a knockout tournament against some of these teams that are left than you do winning the Premier League. So I, I, I think at some point you have to prioritize the champions. I, I'm going to throw one more thing out there about Arsenal that I would like to see them do if, if we were playing football manager. Uh, it's clear they don't want Ramsdale. He still has some value. If you don't want him there, sell him. And I would like to see them go get Dominic Solanke. I think he could be a proper number nine for that team. And I think he could be the center forward that they need to get to that next level because we all know Jesus isn't a proper number nine good player but he's he's a false nine he's a winger and that's fine but they need someone who can put the ball in the net consistently and I think Dominic Solanke would be pretty interesting on that squad yeah that's an interesting one Mike I I like the Solanke bit I'm going on the Ramsdale bit here because I'm looking at their squad right now Raya Ramsdale and hold on because, I mean, I don't know anything about James Hilson or Carl Hine, but yeah, you yeah. do, if you sell Ramsdale, great, but you're going to have to use some of that money to go get at least some sort of a competent goalkeeper who's not cup tied in any competition. Sure, that's fair. Because that's, you know, if Raya gets hurt in the Champions League, well, you're, you know, and say that they move on, you're in a whole fit of problems right now. So I, yeah, you do have to strike on that. I think there's a couple other players that are in that roster that probably could be lined up for a move at some point. They're also going to be, well, they're probably happy that Thomas Partey got is hurt. I don't think he's going to be heading to the AFCON. El Nenny. I mean, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> it, it could be one of those. I don't know. That's, um, yeah, if they hold on to top four, all of a sudden it's going to be a job well done. Arteta. Let me ask you. Let me ask a question here. If they finish, say they go out in the round of, say they got in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, uh, they 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 have a tough. Who do they play in the FA Cup? Liverpool. Liverpool. So that's a tough contest. And then you know, say they finish fifth. Do people start questioning Arteta? Do they have to, do they maybe have to make a, do they make a change? It's got to be a failure of a season at that point, right? I, I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, the business that they did this offseason was to go and win a trophy and a big one. If you go from the results that they had last year, then the money that they actually got Kroenke to spend this offseason, and you fall out of Champions League altogether, and you come out of that season trophy list, that's, that's a catastrophe if you are. Well, here's one that's interesting, guys, because if we're talking about if they go out to Porto in the first knockout phase of the Champions League, you play Chelsea, then there is an international break. And we know when you move managers, 
you move them during an international break. So that's a possibility of one. And then if that doesn't happen right after that, it's City away. You have Luton home, Brighton away, Villa home. I mean, if you don't get anything out of those matches, then you're talking five matches left in the season after that. If you're chasing points to try and get top four, see ya. I think he'll stay the whole season. I, I, you know, I, I don't yeah. I don't think that'll... But I, I mean, I, I think you got to start asking, you know, to be honest, I mean, even if you finish fourth in the, in, in this league, I think you got to start asking some questions because uh, really, I mean, last year was it's funny. I you read, you read a tweet. I mean, Arsenal finished, you know, eighth, eighth, seventh, second. And all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, combined Real Madrid and Arsenal uh, starting 11s with nine Arsenal players. And everyone's <laughs> like, like, what? Like, look, man, you finished second one time. Let's let's like let's just relax a little bit here. That's the thing. I mean, these other teams, you know, Manchester City, you know, Real Madrid, these teams, you know, Benfica and these other leagues, these teams continuously do it. You know, they continue. They don't just have one good year and then fall. I mean, I, I know we're going to talk about Newcastle and 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 I think that's where Newcastle is right now. Look, I mean, hey, you got top four last year and you kind of squandered it. And all of a sudden, you know, now you're back, you know, you're in ninth or, you know, 10th place, at the, you know, going into the, the to, you know, the new year. And Arsenal's got to do something with this. I mean, if yeah. they start regressing all of a sudden, the amount of money that, you know, Newcastle's going to spend and, you know, Manchester United's going to spend and West Ham's going to spend and Brighton's going to spend a ton on Arsenal. You can't regress in this league. When you start going backwards, all of a sudden, you, you, lose some traction and, and you're going to be you're back in sixth and seventh and you're back in the Europa League and then back on Thursday nights and it's hard to get back into the top four yeah so let's trick let's segue into Newcastle because I think that kind of works perfectly because there's there's three teams during the festive fixtures that only got zero points during that one of those being Brentford who did have a match postponed because Man City who should say congratulations winning the Club World Cup it was expected but they did the job Newcastle and Everton also on zero points Newcastle losing to Luton Town on the road because Andros Townsend showed up on the day. Then if anybody had this on their 2023 soccer bingo box of Chris Wood becoming the seventh player in Premier League history to bag a Boxing Day hat trick, I tell me what lotto numbers I need to play. That would be fantastic. And then we already discussed the 4-2 to Liverpool. I mean, guys, this is a team right now in Newcastle that are sitting ninth. They're out of the Champions League. I don't foresee a way for them to get back into the top four to get into the Premier League. I almost think that their best route for any sort of success this year is trying to win the FA Cup. Otherwise, we were talking before, Mike, that dude, there's a possibility that Eddie Howe could be gone in the next couple of weeks, and who knows? And we know what the worst situation could be. We're not going to, well, if you want to speak about it, go ahead. But this could be one of those that Newcastle all of a sudden could be looking at what it was like for Leeds, maybe in the early 2000s, you have that one great year and then all of a sudden, no, but you spend all that money and then all of a sudden you get nothing for it. There's a lot of stuff around the club. If you're on Twitter and you see like, there's a lot of stuff that's going on off the pitch too. Uh, there's some weird allegations and all this stuff and, and there's you no know, injuries. It, 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 they're in a weird spot right now. 
this team feels to me like this is going to be the biggest job that opens during the season. I I actually think Ten Hag's probably going to finish the year just because Ineos is a corporation. They come in and they watch how things work for six months and then they make changes. It's another corporate takeover. But there's two managers out there that scream Newcastle to me, that scream big money, that scream quick fix. It's Antonio Conte, who they've already been linked to before, who's sitting at home doing nothing right now. And Jose Mourinho, who's doing everything he can to get out of Roma short of attacking the owner. And it's only January 2nd. So let's see. I'm surprised you didn't Uh, say Big Sam, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> Big Sam Big Sam has called six times, but none of those calls have been returned. Um, I, I think they're going to move on one of those two managers by the end of the year, particularly if they do have FA Cup ambitions. You know, it's, listen, Conte Mourinho win tournaments. You know what I mean? Like, those those are the coaches you go get if you want a trophy. Um, they're also the two coaches you go get if you want catastrophe to follow. But um, Newcastle, I could see them making what I would term a short-minded move like that. They don't strike me as the type of team that's going to wait for Deserbi to come available or Conceição or uh, Amarim or one of the the good young coaches, Zabi Alonso. I think they're going to try and go get a big name as their next coach. Here's the problem, too. Sorry, uh, JJ. I I think, who who do they play in the FA Cup? Oh, I was going to get to that because uh, if if you guys want to see if Newcastle gets worse right now, that's it. So if they lose, oh bleep to that game, <laughs> if they lose to, to Sunderland, it's an absolute it, it, like it's an like the fans will turn hundred percent. Like if they lose that game, it's a hundred percent. He's done. But he's not going to get fired if he loses that game. I hope he makes it out alive. Amen. That's right. So, They're happy to know that the match is at the Stadium of Light and not at Newcastle. The next oh two, the next two fixtures after that for them are Man City at home and Aston Villa away. Right. Uh-huh. So that, that's that's January thirteenth and thirtieth. If it's an ugly win, if they beat Sunderland one nil, get beat by City four nil, and get beat by Villa three one, and then you know you have February third, you play Luton. I think he doesn't make it out of January. To be honest, I I think they pull the trigger, especially when you see like I don't know they're gonna probably spend some money. Their problem is injuries and injuries. gambling and all the gambling and all this stuff that's going off all the field. But like, to me, that that's everybody in the world knew this squad wasn't deep enough going into the, ch- everybody's they're not deep enough to play in the champions league and play all this stuff. They got to get players. They're the richest team in the world, blah, 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 all this stuff. But they didn't, you know, they did. They got a guy and then he, you know, he's got caught gambling and stuff like that, but they don't have, you got Dan Byrne playing every game. Like that guy's not a top four player. You got guys that are playing, Plan, you know, Trippier's always they ran Trippier into the ground. They ran these guys into the ground to the point where they were terrible because they're tired. And Eddie House saying he's tired. Well, look, man, you gotta rotate. Like, I know yeah. you don't you gotta rotate. You can't you can't make excuses like I don't have any other players. Dude, you gotta use them because if you don't, then what happens? You get tired, you have bad performances, and then you get hurt on top of it. So now you gotta use this guy, which you didn't use, and now he hasn't had any game time. 
time. It, it all compounds on itself. And now you're going into these fixtures. This game against Sunderland, you almost have to throw your best players out there because you can't lose that game. Now, so now you're playing in a third-round fixture against a championship team where you should be rotating, and you're like, well, I can't. I don't have enough players, and I can't lose the game because if I lose, I'll probably be sacked. So it's just a cycle. I, I just I don't think he makes it out of January. I, I just think they're in a lot of trouble here. I don't know if they lose that game to Sunderland. They probably beat Sunderland, but you know, stranger things have happened. But they'll lose the next two Premier League games. I think he'll be done. And they're another bye team, too. They they play on the 13th, and then they don't have another match again until the 30th. And that 13th to 30th window feels oh. like a prime time to, say, have a new coach come in and practice his system before you actually take it on the pitch. By the way, I love the uh, the Wayback Machine guys because you could look and see, like, when was the last time Sunderland hosted Newcastle not in the EFL trophy? <laughs> uh, we're going all the way back to October the 25th of 2015. That's a long time wow. ago. Here, here's some notables from that team. In Sunderland, in goal was Costel Pantilemon. Uh, you know, like one of the legends, cult heroes of the Premier League. Goal scorers on the day, Adam Johnson. The jokes write themselves. I Billy see. Jones. We don't mention and, nonsense on this show. Yep. And um, a man that just scored a hat trick for Wrexham this weekend, Stephen Fletcher. <laughs> Again, it's been a long time. 7.45 a.m. on the East Coast on Saturday morning. That match is going to be amazing. It's going to be like if you you don't have teams that are true rivals that don't play each other for a long time, it's going to be feisty. And by the way, Sunderland are on a nice little run of form right now with two wins and a draw in their last three. And Pritchard's a baller. And also Joe Bellingham is having a solid season, obviously getting overshadowed by his brother. But hey, ho, that's life. Stu, any other thoughts of either newcastle or anybody on the bottom before we kind of wrap things up for today i mean i watched newcastle yesterday they're just terrible i mean i know sean mentioned a lot of it but they're just they're running to the ground and uh, lewis miley who I actually have been really impressed with uh up until recently at least uh the very young kid he's looked good but even yesterday he looked bad they had livermento playing left back uh when dan Byrne was out now they have him back playing right back his natural position it's just like there's really no one in that, like, Isak's great. Like, I think Isak's a top four team striker caliber player. He's that good. Isak, I think Isak is that good of a player. Other than Isak, though, like, I think Bruno's overrated. Gordon's okay. But again, like, you look at a team that's competing for a top four, they don't really have a top four players, at least starting caliber top four players, at least I don't think, other than Isak. Yeah. They're not that good. I mean, it's going to... Yeah, sometimes it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's going to, you know... I, I, one thing, I, I think they're a little bit of a victim of their own success. Like, I think that that success came a little bit too early last year with this team. You know, everyone kind of thought they were going to jump up a little bit, maybe make it into Europa League spots, top five, top six. Now you're in the Champions League. Now these expectations are raised. Can't go backwards. So now, whereas if they were in the Europa League last year, or this year, sorry, you know, if they finished in Europa League spots and then this year they were, uh, you know, playing in the Europa League, I think they, you know, might have won that and and, uh, you know, you have a little bit less expectations on you. Yeah, yeah. if you look, if, if Liverpool, Spurs, and, and Chelsea aren't all down the same year, which all three were down last year, they probably don't make top four. Like, if if just one yeah. of those teams, if yeah. Liverpool maybe spent some money before last year and, and kind of, you know, fortified that midfield before waiting until this past summer, they probably finished fourth. And at Newcastle, we're talking about finishing fifth or sixth. Yeah. 
Definitely. Kind of want to wrap some things up here. I know, uh, well, first, we've gotten 45 minutes into the show, and we have not mentioned the words simultaneously, Manchester and United. Um, Sean, I know it's not exactly been the greatest patch for our squad right now with two losses and one win. Donnie Vanderbeek has been loaned out. Sergio Regulon's loan has been cut short, interestingly enough. That That was today, yeah, or on day of recording Tuesday. He's going to go to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and then Jaden Sancho, that's uh, still been talked about as a potential. I mean, this is one of them where United are in a tough spot. Mike said that Ineos Corporation uh, are going to probably go into the looking, but not really going to do much until the summer type phase. Sean, any thoughts from you? I don't have any on this team other than what I've said before. Sancho's going to go on loan and whatever. Look, I mean, the only thing I think right now is, you know, you got, you know, you're you're not playing in anything. You know, you got the FA Cup. I mean, hopefully... They make a run in that, but uh, you're playing once a week. They're going to start. They're starting to get some players back next. I think by the time they play in the in the uh, league again, they'll have Casemiro back. They'll have uh, Lisandro Martinez back. They'll have Mason Mount back. Look, you can't play Christian Eriksen away from home for 90 minutes in a, in a Premier League match, you know, and, and that's what happened the other day. I, th- I think if you have anybody to come in in that game when it's 1-1, you know, maybe maybe they steal that game. Like, look, I mean, you know, they're not going to be top four. They're not good enough. But, you know, I, I just, you know, you want to see them make a little bit of a run. I mean, Tenog's going to be gone. Obviously, these guys are going to get their own manager in, you know, unless, unless he makes the top four, I, I would think, or, you know, wins an FA Cup or something like this. But, I mean, you know, they're just not good enough. They, nobody scores for them. They're talking about getting Garassi from uh, Stuttgart, my, my guy from Columbia University, uh, soccer player, the manager there. Um, is he, you know, he's having a great year, but look, I, I don't know. He's 27. Is he the answer? I mean, you, you know, I, I think you kind of want to, I think you'd, you'd rather wait. Someone's got to come in. Someone's got to score the goals. It's just not. The worst thing about them is they're just like it's just they're 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 not good to watch. Like it's just not any good. I mean, it's not as bad as you know LVG era and you know I, I went to some I went to some matches there. I think it was the Burnley away man. It was nil nil. I mean, it's just terrible. Like just terrible to watch. It's not as bad as that. It's not as bad as Mourinho at times when you know you're you're, you're trying to protect a one nil lead in the twentieth minute. But uh, you know, it's just they don't score goals. They're just not good enough. So. I just think, you know, the, obviously the media drives this, but, you know, I, 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 there should be a lot more discussion around Pochettino and how, it, you know, Ten Hag gets all this criticism, and, and rightly so because they, they've been terrible, but the, the fact that Eddie Howe's not getting any criticism or, or just starting to get some in the media, you know, obviously we talk about how bad he's been, but um, and, and Pochettino with all the money that they've spent, you know, I, I, I just – I, I think that those guys are lucky that Manchester United stinks this year. Because if Manchester United was half decent and playing, you know, playing, you know, finish, you know, they're in the second or third place right now. I think Hal might be, you know, he might already be out of a job. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's just no media pressure on them in England. But t- to be honest, it's because nobody cares about Newcastle except for people at Newcastle. So, listen, we've spent enough time talking about teams that are going to sack their managers and can't score goals. But you know what? Let's talk about a team that's going to win trophies. Let's talk about a team Leicester that can't miss the net right now. Let's talk about those guys, Leicester City. They're just mauling teams in the championship. Sean Miller, when you were teaching me this game, when I was starting to learn about football, 
you taught me that you play this game to win trophies. That's right. And you know what? How keen was Leicester City last year? They knew they weren't going to win a trophy anytime soon. So what did they do? They tanked to get sent down to the championship to go win a trophy and come back up next year. You <laughs> add to your trophy case. That's how you do it. And by the way, Amer- Americans, Americans, first off, tanking in other countries means getting relegated to then go back up. You guys yeah, go, don't yeah. get drafted. Losing games intentionally. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. For sure. I mean, the, the thing with the thing with Leicester and the, you know the reason why they're ten points clear of Ipswich right now is because they they, they just don't draw matches. You know, they have three yeah. losses, the same as Ipswich Town, but you know they don't draw. They win games. They score goals. They have th- plus thirty six goal difference. They've only allowed eighteen goals. Clearly, the best in the championship um you know they're gonna end up walking the league they'll they'll they'll, they'll have a hundred and whatever points ipswich town if you said you know a week ago or, or, or you know three weeks ago i think everyone was saying when they were clear you know that that was one of the greatest they still are but yeah. I, I just i i i don't think they're going to be the ones that are set to finish second in that league i you know i think you have southampton and leeds those squads are much better southampton's playing really well yeah southampton uh, hasn't lost since like september yeah and they just you know ipswich town four draws in their last five matches i mean you just can't do that when you're trying to, to to protect the lead at the top. I mean, there's just, you know, Southampton wins games. And this league is a slog. I, you know, once again, you know, they Southampton kept the majority of their roster. They're just better. And, you know, they're more prepared. Once again, when you're playing double matches in some of these weeks, you know, they can rotate a little bit and their players are going to be a little bit better and they're going to win some of those games. I, I would think Southampton is probably going to be the second team um, and then the playoff is going to be crazy because, you know, the, you know, you look at the points there, but I mean, the, the, the goal of the game is to win trophies, like you said, and, and win silverware. I, you know, I, I remember talking about this a few years ago when we had, you know, Leicester was trying to finish top four and they had United and, and then they were in the FA cup final and which was more important. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Um, which, by the way, Enzo Maresca, what a job he's done with that squad, by the way. Mike and I had a running dialogue between or during the Leicester-Ipswich game, which very good game, by the way. But one man that is no longer with a job, Tom Brady finally has made a move. He has finally fired someone. It's Wayne Rooney of all people. Birmingham, Birmingham, man, that's a, a club that's in free fall right now, which is kind of a shame because when he took over, they were in six. They were in a good position, and now all of a sudden yeah. they're... John, John Eustace is probably looking around going, yeah, what do you think about that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah so- they, didn't, they didn't give Eustace enough time. I mean, Ro- Rooney's been terrible there, but once again, like, I think, you know, you got to pick your jobs a little bit better. There was a little, you know, th- there should have been yeah, a little bit of a red awful. flag there because you're like, man, they got rid of this guy and they, they you know he he was at, he was near the top of the table at the time they weren't great uh last year and stuff like that but you know look i i think you got to pick your jobs better than that i i think you know he, he had kind of the safety of dc united i mean look you're not getting relegated so you know he probably could have stayed there as long as he wanted but now you know i, I he's probably not going to go back a third time so you know, i don't i don't know where he goes from now Hashtag I'll tell you exactly picks. where he goes. The Salford City to play for the class of '92. Yeah, probably something sure. like that or whatever. I mean, look. I mean, I, I just, I never, you know, this guy is the all-time leading scorer in Manchester United history. I mean, he's an England legend. All this stuff. I mean, like, I just don't know. Just go relax. You know, like for sure. Stu, uh, final thoughts from you. Yeah, I mean, I'll just piggy off back of that. I mean, 
you look at Stevie G, Lampard, Rooney, these, these legends, it just doesn't oh, doesn't always work. And all three have been pretty bad in different stops and different avenues. Uh, we can you can joke about who the worst one is. They're, they've all been pretty bad, though, that's for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, one thing I'm kind of uh, intrigued to see is uh, Real Madrid going forward. They have just been absolutely battered by injuries, uh, especially center back now. Um, I know they're playing true of many now at center back they say they're not going to buy a center back in january so for a team that has obviously aspirations of winning champions league winning la liga curious to see what they do because they are team that's been really hurt this year by injuries yeah bye brian buy him back uh yeah it'll be a um it's gonna be a lot of when we get back to regular service next week here on box to box football we will uh dive into a lot of things because the transfer window is going to be fascinating oc men may or may not go there's been some heat behind that recently there could be a couple other ones but um don't think that we're done just quite yet this week though because while the premier league is not going to be in action this weekend we will have a little bit of a preview coming up in the next couple of days of the third round of the fa cup aka kyle and my favorite time of year well actually everybody else's but specifically kyle and mine so we'll have that for you guys as well uh sean anything else do you want to close this one out oh you know i think we could close it out i you know, just you know, i always like this period I, this is the first time i really had to work um during this period I, I, jobs man who, who who needs it but uh so those effects those uh boxing day fixtures were interesting you know i had to have my headphones in and trying to sneak a sneak a listen to it uh, all those games on peacock but this is a great time of year the fa this you know we'll talk about the fa cup on the next show but uh the third round is always great um and and th- this year they got it spread out over about six six different weeks uh starting on thursday and on monday they're playing this game against they're playing the Manchester United wigan game at 8 15 on monday night right over in england the last train from Wigan to Manchester is at 1026. Oh, no. So, yeah, like. We got a WrestleMania 29 situation. There's bro. a lot of grumbling mm. about, like, look, why are we playing on. They, they could have played it at 740. But, you know, now there never used to be a Thursday match. Now you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 10, 10 different windows, Sunday, 10 different windows. And people are like, look, man, but that's the way it is now. Everything's for TV. So, uh, you know, you got to get used to it. But it's going to be a great, great, uh, great round. So, For sure. So we will uh, talk to you guys then with an FA Cup preview. But for all of us, we will talk to you next time. This has been Box to Box Football.